Hello, everybody, and of course, welcome back to another episode of X Talking Ish with your boy X. And this, you already know what to do if you are on Facebook. Please make sure you like and share this broadcast. If you are on a Facebook page, please go ahead and hit the like button on there so you can, of course, be notified on Facebook for our shows. And as well, the same thing on YouTube. Go ahead and hit that red subscribe button and go ahead and hit that notification bell so you can be notified for shows like this one in the future. Thank you for that ish. And as well, if you are on Twitter, go ahead and check us out on Twitter, X Talking Ish. You can go ahead and, of course, view us on Periscope. I'm going to go ahead and retweet it on my personal page at X underscore Williams 81. You see that ish? I'm out here. I'm getting it now. Getting I'm good. It, you got I it that time. See, if you tuned in on Sunday for the pregame show, you would have seen that uh, Ish was not there, not by choice. But unfortunately, by on on accident by your boy, because apparently I did not send my boy Ish the link to be able to join us on the show. Yeah, I just I'm sorry, Ish, I had a brain fart. I don't know what happened, and uh, you know I just forgot to to send you the link. And of course, Travis Crow doing what he does once again, which is troll the Astros. Which Dang. I'm not gonna lie, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie, it's just it's probably one of my favorite things. To, to see Travis do uh, to, to to troll all of these Astros fans out here, I love it. I hope he continues to keep on doing it. But of course, as always, Astros are out here getting that cheeks clapped, and as well, he says, "Good evening, fellas. Good evening, Good my evening. boy. Let's go ahead and get, of course, into the show. But before we do, Good evening. Just and I talked about this uh, before we came on, and we just want to give a quick RIP to take off. Of course, we are." located here in Houston and of course we know obviously about the news of uh takeoff and uh not about to get too sentimental but ish you know I know you and I we obviously you know listen to the Migos it wasn't one of those things where we grew up no like we we've been listening to the Migos obviously in our adulthood to where we know where they started we know where they are now and another one of those unfortunate senseless acts of violence that um just honestly, I'm very just tired of saying RIP. Uh, I don't know about you. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's rappers or entertainers. Like, I'm talking about my own family members. I'm talking about my friends. I'm talking about, you know, people that I know of just unfortunately dying from unfortunate situations that they had no parts of, you know, parts of being. It's just an unfortunate situation. And I just want to give a quick RIP to take off. Any words from you, Ish, before we move on? Yeah, I mean, like you said, just senseless. Just um, at some point, we just got to get tired of of this. I, I mean, I know when I woke up this morning, um, I was uh, you know doing drinking my morning coffee, scrolling through Twitter, and I saw it, and I was like, mm, "This looked like another one of those little fake uh, posts that people be making." Um, and unfortunately as the day went on and, you know, more people started confirming it and it was just like, for one, it's just, it's upsetting just to continue to have these situations happen. Um, especially the people who, um, a lot of people will say, quote unquote, made it out and, and then only to, to, you know, die from gun violence 
And then on top of that, just like in our city at that, it's just not a good look um, for the city of Houston. Just more nonsense here. But, hey, man, you know, hopefully we will figure this out at some point and we can stop with all the nonsense. Thousand percent agree on that one ish. And again, like we said, we want to give a quick RIP to take off in, of course, the Migos crew. So with that being said, we're going to go ahead and jump right into uh, the back into the football things. And we will start back off where we pretty much left off uh, Sunday morning in regards of the Denver Broncos and the London Jags, uh, even though um, uh, even though the Jaguars played at quote unquote a home game because they were back in London, uh, the Broncos were able to find a way to pull this one out and actually make the right moves in late game clock management in regards of not just Russ Wilson, obviously, but Nathaniel Hackett uh, doing the right things to be able to secure this victory uh, and be able to surprisingly upset the London Jags. Yeah, they upset the London Jags at home. It's really not much else that can be said about it. Um, the Jaguars are just one of those teams right now that there are a couple teams right now that you just don't know what you're getting from them or what to expect from them. And the Jaguars are definitely one of those teams. They just, they're kind of, they look good at one point, then they don't look good the next moment. Um, I just don't really know what to expect from them. Now they're making big trades and everything. Um, they keep acquiring pieces, but at some point you got to build the culture to win. And um, yeah, it just wasn't there for them. Uh, Denver played a, a good game. I wouldn't say a great game. They played a good game. And maybe somehow, some way, Denver starts to build some sort of momentum and turns things around as the season goes on. I don't know. I'm not really holding my breath about it, but hey, good win for them. Yeah, I mean, most of the noise, of course, going into that game besides going to London was the way that Russell Wilson was handling his, I guess, his injury on the way to London in regards of uh, him working out on the plane. Uh, let's just be really issue. A lot of people know anything that Russell Wilson do, do it's usually amplified because it's Russell Wilson. And um, he had to get a win. I mean, I think he had to get a win to be able to shut people up just for a little bit because if they're just going to continue to keep nose diving, I mean, it's just not going to be a good look on the whole – the whole – everybody on, on – from Russell to the coach to, of course, the organization, it just was not going to look good this first year. So uh, hopefully the Broncos, at least they can continue to maybe keep on winning. Um, obviously, the Broncos made some more noise in regards of trading away one of their better defensive pieces, and we'll talk about that later on when, uh, when it comes to the trade deadline and teams uh, making trades to try to position themselves into either a playoff spot or maybe even a Super Bowl run. We move on to the NFC South, and at the moment is, at the moment, the Atlanta Falcons have a playoff spot in the NFC. <laughs> um, this game, the Panthers versus the Falcons, determined who was going to be in first place in the NFC South. At one point in time, is a very, very point in time, like one second, like literally one second, 
it looked like the Panthers were going to find a way to take victory from the Falcons with a late Hail Mary throw from our boy. The, the, the probably should be the poster boy for the XFL, PJ Walker. I mean, throws an absolute amazing throw Man, that uh, was a to tie the ball game. Uh, but let's remember, everybody, apparently extra points are not guaranteed anymore in the NFL like they used to be. Well, of course, it was a long you know, extra point. Well, this is very true. But again, Ish, you get paid to kick the football. Make you kick. So I, I, I didn't want to address that. I didn't want to address let's, that. Let's, let's talk about it. Uh, um, so I did want to address that because number one, he shouldn't have been penalized. He was off the field when he took his helmet off. So that's one thing. I see a bunch of people like Travis say he shouldn't have taken his helmet off, but um, he was off the field when he took his helmet off. So he shouldn't have been penalized. That's number one. Number two, um, I agree with you. <laughs> you. You get paid to do one thing. You get paid to do one thing. We know, look, we as football players, we know what kickers the do. Ball all in between do, you, the dang goal post. That's all I'm saying. That's all you're paid to do. And he this man missed what, three. He missed three in the game. He missed one earlier in the game. Then he missed the one to seal the game. And then he missed the game winning one in overtime. Like I was perplexed when I was because I started to pick up on this game. I had been watching the whole day. Um because I got Deontay Foreman on my fantasy team, so I've kind of been watching the game throughout the day. And um, I thought the Panthers were going to win this game. Throughout the whole game, they kind of seemed like the team that just had the momentum in the game to win this game and close it out. And they just they couldn't do it. Then they had to you know, rely on the Hail Mary, which shout out to uh, P.J. Walker for – I mean, what a throw that was. Right. Um, great catch by DJ Moore. Then for only for your kicker to basically just choke it all away. It is disappointing. The Panthers really should have won this game. Um, I d- will say this, though. The Panthers actually have shown me something that I can say with P.J. Walker at quarterback. They have a chance. They have a chance. They're they're right. They're still right there. He, Unfortunately, that's, that's that's just how bad that division. That's is. how bad that division is, really. <laughs> seriously, but I mean, he he's since he started, he has kept them in these games. The offense has looked different. Even getting rid of Christian McCaffrey, Deontay Foreman has stepped up and just been toting the rock. So. This offense is completely night and day different, and they said already came out and said he's starting again next week. I, I don't know. I, I like the way the Panthers look with him at the helm. I feel like it's like one of those situations that we've always talked about, where once you get rid of the ego and that guy that you just go out and go play football, guy, the, you just the go the out and play. Team, the whole team play. looks different. No, I, yeah. I agree. No, I agree. I, I'll I'll say this. Look. I want to call you crazy for saying that the Panthers actually have a chance to even win this division because so you look at the records. That's what I'm saying. I really can't say that because we are halfway into the NFL season starting on Thursday. It is week nine. We are technically at the midway point and there is no clear cut winner of that division right now. The 10 Bay Buccaneers are third place at the moment and the Panthers, even though they have lost six games and they are two and six, 
you're technically only two games out of first place still. So it's not over, but if you want to win this division, you're going to have to get things in gear and get things in gear now. But I think – I'm sorry. I think at the moment – It's the Falcons that lose, I guess. I mean, because look, I mean, if you look at the other teams, the Saints just don't look. I mean, they had a press, they had an impressive win past week against the Raiders, which we'll get into later. But overall, you don't know what we're going to get from them. They're like the Jaguars, and they're like other teams in the NFL. We don't know what we're going to get from the Saints week in and week out, right? You look at the Bucks. It seems as though that they're aging literally right in front of our eyes. I'm not talking about just Tom Brady. I'm talking about everybody. Shaq Barrett is out for the season now. You know, I mean, um, uh, David, he doesn't even look like the player that he used to. I mean, Mm -hmm. and and the Bucs as a whole just don't look like the way that they used to. And the Falcons have a lot of young guys who are just going out there and and playing. Mm -hmm. So it's they are literally playing on – that that young that young ignorance that they don't know any better. Why not us, right? And and that's a that also is a great way to go into football games sometimes because you're just you're playing to your advantages, your strengths, and you're just trying to go out there and as always put it out there on the line. I'm happy my boy Dominique is back. He's been he's been miss, he's been he's been missing us for a second. I'm happy he's back. Of course, our our Panthers fan. He says. What up, fellas? But a, we gave them that. Now uh, gave them that. Come on, now. I'm not trying to say nothing, but kickers can make thirty-five yarders in their sleep. And I, a, we said that earlier. Ish, I said that. Yeah, should, should make it. that. And also, he says, got to keep that high draft pick, though. I, I, I understand all that with the draft pick. I got you. But look, if you have an opportunity in this season, this season alone, especially in NFC. to just make the playoffs, that's all that matters. Just making the playoffs because yeah. NFC is wide open. Let's do it. I mean, it's 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 not it's wide open, but it's not because it's really honestly Cowboys Eagles. That's kind of how I look at NFC right now, really between those two teams. But it's still wide open because we know that the Cowboys like to do what they do every year, and the Eagles, even though they look damn good, we still know that it's still a regular season. Anything can happen in the playoffs, right? So as long as you get into the party, anything can happen. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the NFC South moving forward because. Week one of the NFL season, everybody's laughing at the uh, the AFC South, which they probably still are, which is understandable, because I'll be laughing at the AFC South as well, too. Yeah. But definitely have two other divisions out here that look worse than the AFC South. So true, true. let's go ahead and move on to a slobber knocker of a game, a game that's honestly knocker. wasn't – that wasn't even close. Um, Cowboys took care of business, as they should, against a weaker opponent. And at the moment, the Cowboys – um, looks like we're obviously are not going to talk anymore about Cooper Rush. Uh, we are, of course, obviously Dak is QB one and Cowboys are six and two. Uh, of course, they are right behind the Eagles for first place uh, in the NFC East. Um, and even though the New York Giants have looked good in the first part of the season, I've always felt as though that is between the, the Cowboys and the Eagles. Because you with the, that's that's fine. That's fine. We're gonna see in the second half of the season. We're gonna see about your boy Danny Wood and Nickel. You're gonna find out real soon. So Dying. with that being said, Ish, I'll ask you for the Dallas Cowboys. 
are they a legit threat? Not just to the Eagles, but also in the NFC to make it to the Super Bowl this year. Um, I think they still got some things to figure out before we necessarily just say that they're um that they're in the conversation to make the the Super Bowl. Um, I think that they are a really good team and they are a team that can get in the playoffs and make a little bit of noise, make it all the way to the NFC championship game, maybe. Um I still think that they I, I need to see a little bit more. There's too much inconsistency. There are some holes in their team in that in that team. Um good win against the Bears. You went out, you did what you were supposed to do, but I want to see how they continue to improve because to me it's similar to what we saw with the Vikings earlier in the season. Um everybody was talking all that all that mess about how great the Vikings were. They ran into Philly on national TV and they got spanked. Yep. yep. Um Cowboys went out there. They were we were talking all how great the defense was. They ran into Philly. Man, it was it was a so-so performance, right? Like it, it kind of showed a little bit of, of what, what they were lacking. And that's one of the things where it's like when when we get to playoff time, there is no there's no slouches, right? And you're gonna really have to prove what you got. And that's where I'm still don't know how I feel about the Cowboys against these better teams in the NFC. So we'll have to wait and see. But overall, you know, I'm happy with what I saw because it is a step in the right direction. Now you have Dak back. That's Dak's kind of getting moving. Um, you know, the receivers are looking a little bit better. My Gallup being back it looks good. Um, I guess there might be a good running back controversy in the backfield. Nobody knows who the clear cut starter is. Um, there is no starter. They have two starters. Yeah. Um, split but, backs, baby. Run that split back. It's never, it's never really about the Cowboys in the regular season and about, and about against the postseason. It's always about the postseason for them. So about for them. Mm-hmm. I expect them to make the postseason. What they do in the postseason, that's what we're waiting to see. That's the answer that I wanted to hear. I didn't want to hear nothing about no regular season. I want yeah, to know what the no. Cowboys want to look like in the postseason. That's what really matters. All right, let's go ahead and move on. The Dolphins and the Lions, this was an interesting game uh, because the Lions, hey, they, they struck fire first. They came out the gates hot. Uh, it looked like the Lions were going to upset the Dolphins, and the Lions do what they do best, which, which is give up a lead and, of course, lose the game at home. So uh, Dolphins were able to, of course, take care of this game uh, by four, but not just that. Ish, we're, we're, at, we're Again, we're at the halfway point of the NFL. And um, next week we'll, we'll we'll do a first half. We'll also talk about first half MVPs, first half uh, coach of the year. You know, we'll do the first half of the NFL part stuff next week. But did anybody really expect for this Dolphins wide receiver crew to do what they've been able to do this first half of the season? I mean, because these boys, not just Tyree Hill, but also Jalen Waddle. I mean, each each guy either either Hill or Waddle is getting a minimum hundred yards a game. I mean these. I mean you is you can't we can't call Tyreek Hill a gadget wide receiver anymore. I don't think so. Um, I mean he is. Anytime he obviously we know anytime he touches the ball he he is legit threat to take to the house. And as long as they set him up to be able to continue to catch the ball and, and be able to run after catching the ball, 
the the Dolphins have an offense that is scary to defend for anybody, and the only really team that's in front of them within their division, I should say, is of course the Buffalo Bills. That is still the boogeyman with within their division, to where they're still looking up. So did they beat their boogeyman earlier in the season though? We're gonna do this. Yeah, we're gonna do this. I mean, yeah, they beat their boogeyman earlier in the season. Come on, we're gonna now. do this. We're gonna do this. Okay, the Tennessee Titans beat the Chiefs in the, in the regular season as well too. They're, the Tennessee Titans gonna beat the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football. Then what? Then we we're gonna say in playoff time we want to see each other. Then what we're we gonna do? Okay. My point is, is that regular season shit. We don't care about the regular season shit no more. Okay, hey, they beat their boogeyman. In when it the, comes to certain teams, when it comes to certain teams, we looking at certain teams a certain way. And if the Miami Dolphins want to be looked at a certain way, you have to beat the teams when they matter. Mm-hmm. So again, with the with the Buffalo Bills, you can sweep you can sweep Buffalo Bills in the, in the regular season. Are you going to give them the postseason when it matters? That's what that's what I'm talking about. Is now, of course, we have to wait and see how everything plays out. But for the most part, the Miami Dolphins take care of business. Uh, the offense is looking like it, they're back on track with Tua at the helm, and the defense is playing as they're supposed to play. And of course, they have got they have added help not just on the offense side but defensive side. Again, we'll talk about that a little bit later on. But um, overall, ish, how was how was your take on the Miami Dolphins in this game? Um. I mean, my take, they looked – they started off rough, but then they came back and they, you know, were able to figure it all out. They looked good with Tua back in under the helm, like you said. Um, I think this team, for a long time, it's been they're, – they're just right there. They're right there. They're on the cusp. Well, this is, the, this is the year to, you know, kick the door down, get into the playoffs, and then let's see what you can do in the playoffs. Um, I just – I don't know really. I don't I don't know what to expect from the Dolphins yet. Um they made some big moves today, obviously, but are they going to are they gonna be able to put it together when the time comes that it, when it when it really matters, right? That's what we need to wait and see for them. Cause I think we all know what kind of weapons they have on offense. We all know what they're capable of, but can they do it when it matters? Exactly. I'll just read these comments from uh, Travis Crow. He says, same with my Cowboys. I wouldn't mind if the Eagles swept us and, and beat them when it when it counts. It's hard to beat a team three times. I thousand percent agree. Um, Dominique Powell says, yeah, X, I feel that. I feel like that they were going to be dangerous. I was just skeptical if Tua was going to deliver, but they look good. I mean, hey, let's be real. Dominique and everybody that's listening, I think we are, everybody was skeptical in regards of, let's be real, the, the noise that was coming out of camp. From Tyreek Hill, from his, yeah, from his Tyreek, own Tyreek Hill was the main one. You know, out I mean, there that's what I'm saying. Like it wasn't like it wasn't like the media was stirring things up. It was like Tyreek Hill is letting everybody know that this is the most accurate passer mm-hmm. I've ever been a part of. Like, whoa, 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 sir! Didn't you just play with Patrick Mahomes? He was trying so, to put everybody on game early. He he was. He was. So now you look at it, you're like, well, maybe maybe Tyreek Hill knows what he's talking about. So yeah, again, everything everything is hindsight is hindsight twenty twenty all the time when you, when you want to look back on things. But for the most part, let's check back on the Dolphins week fourteen, week fifteen, see how they progress, see how they look in the AFC, and we'll, of course we'll we'll go from there. All right, the Cardinals and the Vikings. Uh, this was a interesting matchup. The uh, Vikings, of course, held their lead for the most obviously most obviously all of the game, but uh, for one point in time they. 
almost got uh, caught up from the back end by the Cardinals at one point in time that the Cardinals at the end of the uh, game had an opportunity to tie the ball game, did not uh, come through. But the Cardinals-ish, uh, let's be real, I, I, I know about the Vikings. And again, we'll talk about them a little bit later on as well due to their trade situations. Is it already over for the Cardinals before it even starts? Because look, we, we talk about all the times that we're getting we're in the second half of the season-ish. We know how these Cardinals are when they are under the helm of Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. And we also know that the newest Call of Duty just came out last week, too. So is it already over for the for the Arizona Cardinals before it starts this year? Let me know. Yeah, it's done. Yeah, it's done. Um Cliff Kingsbury is, is done. At the end of this year, he's gone. My, my man's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, Straight like that. I don't, yeah, like that. He's, go, he's gone. He, he has to go. He has to go. I'm sorry, Cliff, man. It was already controversy when you took the job. People were wondering what was going to happen. And you came in and you basically ran it like you ran Texas Tech. Yeah, I, you kind of around every once in a while, but you're not really doing anything. You're not really winning anything. Like you just kind of, yeah, it's cool. So, um, you know, Kyler, he got an early, early Christmas present because they brought out the new Call of Duty. So, you know, he's gonna be playing that a whole bunch. He's not gonna be yeah. watching film, and um, they're gonna coast through the rest of this season. And then, like I said, Cliff gonna have to go. Um, I just don't see the Cardinals. It just doesn't seem like they're that team that they were when Air when they were undefeated last year at the beginning of the season. That, that team is long gone. It's a bunch of just guys in Arizona, I think, waiting for Cliff to be gone. Now, you, I want to say this. I know that you are maybe a 1,000% correct on what you just said. Because if you look at the Cardinal team, it's a lot of veterans on the team. It is a lot of guys who are trying to win – right now because they don't have that much time to continue to play. We know, let's be real, it's probably J.J. Wise last year. If it's not this year, maybe next year, I guess. Like, I don't know how much he still has left in the tank, but DeAndre Hopkins is getting up there in age, of course. Uh, and, of course, the other members on the Cardinals teams are not, like I said, they're, they're not spring chickens. The the One of the younger guys is Kyler Murray. That's why they signed him to be the franchise guy moving forward. But – when you bring along a coach that knew you when you were younger, you to, to be able to bring the best out of you, you sometimes have to get out of your comfort zone. So Arizona might have to bring in a guy, you know, who, who knows? Maybe a, I, I keep bringing him out, but Sean Payton, you know, Sean Payton will be looked at, you know, by different teams besides just the Cowboys uh, next season. It wouldn't surprise me at all if he lands in Arizona. Um, Mark Moore is here on X Talking Ish in regards to Cliff Kingsbury. One thing it is not bad to have when, in regards of a job is to have a NFL coaching job or even a college coaching job, any type of coaching job around here. You get fired, you get a nice little buyout, he'll take his buyout, and he might not even coach next season. But the season after that, he's going to be somewhere as a head coach back in college, and mm. he's going to give him another multi-million dollar deal. And that is not a bad way to go when it comes to like it's hard, it's hard to be it's hard to be upset for a coach for losing a job 
when in reality, like you really don't lose this. You feel me? Like you, yeah, you, you get fired, but then you get this million dollar pet buyout. It don't, and then it don't really seem like you lost. Then you get on vacation for a year, and then you can come back and coach and then get another million dollar payout. Like it's it's like, damn, sign me up. This is a, this is America. America ish. If this is what America is, sign me up. And hey, these coaches are able to get away with it. But you know, anytime these these athletes ask for a couple of dollars, it's a problem. Just gonna sip on this Kermit tea and just Keep moving on that one. Yeah, you wilding out. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the Raiders and the Saints. And uh, just like this game, it ain't too much to talk about. A donut, a zero, a big old stanker. And just like I asked you about the uh, Cardinals, I don't have to ask you about this one. I'm going to tell you right now, it's over for the Raiders. It's over. Back it up. I talked about it on the Sunday show. No reason why you should have lost to the Saints. All right. I mean, the the Saints are playing with a skeleton crew right now, and I know I understand. You know, Waller probably wasn't one hundred percent, but you have still have Devontae Adams, and for Devontae Adams to be only targeted four times uh, for one catch, seven yards, um, I guess Derek Carr and Devontae Adams thought they were going back. Even though you know they played in Cali, I, I guess they thought they were going, going back, back to college, college. When it comes to playing with one another and thinking that I was going to translate to NFL, well, it doesn't look like it so far in the first eight games of the season. And um, I don't know about you, Ish, but um, it's looking like Devontae Adams getting a little frustrated over there in Vegas. Is that just me, or what you think? Um, I think he's definitely frustrated, and I also want to say. Um, Josh McDaniels, that man got to go. Already, just one year. He's like eight, he's been there for eight games, Bruh. When you take a team that last year made the playoffs, and they added pieces to that team, it's not like they went out and got significantly worse. Like this isn't the situation that I think. Um, Todd Bowles faces in Tampa Bay where clearly they got older and got worse than what they were, right? Like, no, this team went out and got better. They got more pieces. They re-signed the people they needed to re-sign. And you're doing this with them? Yeah, you need to go. You are no Bill Belichick, sir. You must. You might have thought you were Bill Belichick, but you are not Bill Belichick. You need to go on right back to New England, go under, under your pappy wing, and go hang out with him over there because on your own, sir, it is not looking good for you. So what you're saying is another million-dollar buyout. Yep. And then he gets to go back mm-hmm. and coach once again as an OC and get mm-hmm. another, another – well, you know you know how the Patriots are cheap. They'll give him you know, a $1.4 million deal or something like that. But yeah, that's, that's the Raiders for you in a nutshell right there for this season, just doing what they do best, which is just waste another season. Gone. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the Patriots and Jets. And Ish, I want you to start this one off first because even though you wasn't on the show on Sunday, I knew you were going to hype up the Jets. I knew you were going to hype up your team. And I want to know what, what happened because they not, no pun intended, take off of LaGuardia out of LaGuardia to, to win this game. I'm pretty sure I picked the Patriots to win this game. And I picked the Patriots. Well, sir. 
he wasn't on the show on Sunday. So I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. well, 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 I'm, no, no, no. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. <laughs> I know you, you thought, you thought I was gonna be behind. I thought you were, you yeah. But yeah, since you picked the since you picked the Patriots, I understand the win. But no, 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 not about the Patriots right now. It is about your Jets. I can talk to you about your Jets, sir. No, they they were playing a boogeyman. I knew I knew it going ah, into the game. Ah, They're playing that board, man. Ah, that's what um, we're doing. Playing playing against Bill. Um, it just never it never really goes well for the Jets playing against Bill. Zach Wilson against the Bill Belichick scheme. Um seeing I ghosts. knew it probably wasn't gonna be that great. He was seeing um, ghosts out there, that's what it was. He was seeing ghosts out there. The only caveat I do want to say about this one, because I almost did pick the Jets. Bruh, if y'all get Mac Jones the hell up out of here. And start my boy Zappy. Like I'm done with Mac Jones. We seen what Mac Jones could do, and even in this winning effort, it was it didn't look good. It wasn't convincing. I want Zappy. I don't I want people, Mac Jones. I had people run up on me on social media when in regards of Mac Jones not starting anymore. I'm just like, I don't know what y'all see in Mac Jones. Like, yeah, I, I don't. He's, know. he's good. Don't get me wrong. We he's already like, seen okay, him. No, he's not even good. No, I don't want Mac Jones. Give me Zappy. Zappy has a better, a higher ceiling. Zappy can make better throws than Mac Jones. The offense looks more electric with Zappy back there. With Mac Jones, I'm just over there like, oh, another Patriots drive. Goodness. That's that's me watching the Patriots games with Mac Jones back there. They need to start Zappy. I'm done with it. All right. As always on X Talking Ish, if you want to be happy. Go ahead and start zappy. Mm. All right, then let's go ahead and move on to, of course, as always, one of my favorite teams that combined into one of the good old Steagles went ahead and played against the one another for the Battle of Pennsylvania. And as we assumed it would be, the Eagles took care of business at home. And uh, besides just taking care of business, um, A.J. Brown every weekend is going to remind Titan fans that um, the Titans organization made a very huge mistake. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew it was going to happen. Uh, I, 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 I mean, I, I, I told people nobody wanted to believe me. The Hayden ass Titan fans fan base wanted to say he wasn't going to play all season long and he was going to get hurt and this, that, and the third. See, the problem with Titan fans is that most of them, you know, not most, but some of them, some of them come from, you know, rural areas of Tennessee and uh, do things that are not what we call um, legal drugs. So sometimes they, you know, talk out of their necks and they say silly things. Like hey, I'm just got to, hey, well, this is our show. I keep it real on here. I don't, I don't sugarcoat. I don't lie to y'all. I'm letting y'all know right now. Some people out here that need to be looked after when it comes to uh, doctor help. So with that being said, AJ Brown does what he does, and that is score three touchdowns within the first half. Wasn't even halftime yet, and uh, took care of, took care of the Eagles. I'm sorry, took care of the Steelers before the the game even reached halftime. Uh, ish, are the Eagles clearly the best team in the NFL? Um, at this time, yes. At this time, yes, they are. Um, and I know some people may say Buffalo. Um, but no, nah, I, th- I think at this time you got to look at the Eagles and say the Eagles, they're undefeated for a reason. They, they are a really good team. And every time that we have, you know, said, oh, well, here's a test for them. Well, they've only gone out to handle those tests 
pretty convincingly, right? Um, I noticed uh, I know the second half of the Cowboys game wasn't wasn't that great, but um, that first half it, it it allowed them to kind of take their foot off the gas. Yeah, and it's okay. Yeah, yeah. So um, so to me, it's like until until they lose or until they play the Buffalo Bills and and you know the Bills beat them. I'm gonna say yeah, right. As of right now, the Eagles are the best team in the league. Yeah, I mean, I have to agree with you. Uh, like you said, the Bills. The only other, you know, six-one team would be the Vikings, and I'm pretty sure nobody, let's be real, nobody takes Kirk Cousins seriously within that conversation, which is understandable. Uh, and also, just the team of the Vikings because they get to the playoffs and fall flat as well, too. So, I mean, the Eagles right now is I, I seem, I feel as though it's their is their second half to lose. If you mm-hmm. can take care of business in the second half and maybe lose two games, because they're going to lose a game. They're not going to go into the postseason undefeated. Oh, I agree. It's not going to yeah. happen. Mm-mm. So what, who are the teams that's going to upset you and win? Or is it going to be two losses at the end of the season where you're resting players and you don't care no more, which is honestly probably the best thing to do? Or are you actually is, going to come out here and compete against a team that's you know trying to compete against you and you actually lose and you have to look at yourself and say, hmm, we're good, but we lost today. You know, maybe we need to go reevaluate some things and, and go from there. Because ish, let's be real, every team has to lose. Uh, I know that sounds crazy, but you losing helps you go yeah, back you need, to, you need to lose re, so you, retool so you know something to... and 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 learn how to uh, if you're in this position once again, how to get out of it? Handle the adversity, yeah. And I, I mean, I think the question is, how do they lose? What does it look like when they lose? Like, I think yes, yes. that's the biggest question right now. Is like when they lose, are they getting exposed, or when they lose, are they losing to a good team in a hard fought game? Right? Like that's what we're waiting to see. Um, and if it is, you know, that they just lose to a good team in a hard fought game then I think you come away encouraged by that, right? But if you end up getting exposed and you get spanked by a team, um, then it'll hurt morale, number one. Number two, it will give teams the blueprint that they need. And we all know come playoff time is different. We always say it becomes a whole different ball game. And when teams have that blueprint on you, whether you lose one game or two games, once they have that blueprint, playoff is is one winning you done, one loss you done. So um, that's all they need, right? But I do have a question for you just before we change the subject here. What's up? I know you picked the Steelers to go to the playoffs. Are they going to have a winning record? I, res- I respect you for bringing that up. I also want to say fuck you. But uh, uh, no. Uh, this unfortunately might be the end of Mike Tomlin's streak. Um, he just in too deep. No uh, Drake pun intended. Mm. But um, right now sitting at two of six, I don't think I don't think you even flip the script for the second half of the season to go, you know, seven and two uh, to have a either a win, you know, winning record. I mean, nine, nine and eight. Um, uh, I, I just, I just can't, I can't see you going seven and two in the second half of the season. Uh, so I mean, unfortunately, that streak is probably going to be over with. But again, it's the NFL. Like that, first of all, that streak is was long enough in regards of like respect to Mike Tomlin to be able to have that streak for that long. 
Bill Belichick just had a bad season last year, right? I mean, every coach is going to have some type of bad season or losing season or whatever. It's about, obviously, like we just talked about earlier, learning from it, hopefully getting better from it, and we'll see that, you know, still, still is next year. I, of course, look stupid picking them to win the division. I have no problem say, taking that ill. But uh, I thought Mike Tom would be able to rally the troops and try to make a run, but I guess not. Travis Crow says – Maybe he can come to his hometown on Thursday and get nervous and lose. And, of course, he's talking about Jalen Hurts. Um, he's laughing because he even knows in his heart that Jalen Hurts, and one thing he does not do is get nervous. That boy is cool, calm, uh, and collected under pressure. Uh, he, it seems as though he's been doing that since Channel View days, Alabama, Oklahoma, and, of course, now with the Eagles. Travis Crow also says highly doubted, though, in regards of, uh, of course, the Eagles and then, Dominique Powell says Eagles NFC championship, and I'm assuming he's talking about at least to the championship game. And as always, we'll see who they match up with to see what happens from there. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the Titans and the Texans here, of course, in Houston, Texas. Uh, I was lucky enough to be able to go to that game with my father. Had a nice little father-son uh, Sunday fun day. I appreciate it, as always my father for taking me to the game and I was able to witness a little history. Uh, of course, we were able to see uh, Malik Willis's first start uh, in the NFL. And of course, we also was able to see yet again, Derrick Henry run for another 200 yards uh, and two touchdowns, not just on the Texans, but in his career. And in his career, he now has six games of 200 career rushing yards and two touchdowns the second closest running back that uh, behind him has only three. Um, right now, Derrick Henry, I mean, let's be real. He's he's literally carrying the Titans. He's, he's putting them on the back and carrying on the last couple of games, especially with Ryan Tannehill being hurt. Uh, even though the score is 17-10, the score, I mean, the, the score is, it, it shows that it's closer than what it really was. The Titans dominated this game. The, the Titans dominated the defensive side of the ball and giving up uh, 182 total yards. Uh, I mean, to, to watch that defensive performance uh, helps me sleep at night knowing that at least the defense is going to come and show up to play for the Titans. What it comes down to with the Titans is will the offense show up and will they show up in the playoffs? I mean, right now with this win against the Texans, they're going to win the division. That's 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 done with. Now it's about playoff seeding within the AFC and then, of course, matchup within the first round. And it's about getting over their, their themselves. I mean, they the Titans are their own worst enemy, and they didn't make a move in the, in the, during the trade deadline. And we'll see what happens with them moving forward um, with the team that they have. Because right now, I don't feel like it's enough. But, again, we'll, we'll see what happens uh, moving forward-ish, your take. Um, you know, like you said, Titans gonna win this division at this point. It's another case of getting prepared for the playoffs, making the right um moves before the playoffs, staying healthy, um, just building on this momentum and taking it into the playoffs and then trying to shock people because I don't think anyone right now believes in the Titans to make it far in the playoffs. Um, and so they can use that to their advantage to um, do what they do best, run the ball, play action, 
and just play scrappy defense. I mean, let's be real though. Is they the Titans play better when they are the underdogs? They oh, play yeah. better when nobody believes in them. They play better when you know they ain't nobody, they ain't supposed to be here and all that stuff. They just do not play well when when they are expected to win. When they are the number one seed in the AFC South, like last year, when they I mean AFC uh, as a conference, they they nut up when they when they are projected to do well in the season. They find a way not to do it and. Maybe the Titans need to continue to be looked at as, you know, looked down upon or nobody expects y'all to do anything because you have Buffalo and Kansas City and Baltimore, you know, that, that of course, will help them moving forward. But I just know when I look at other teams, I mean, we just do not have enough firepower to keep up. That's that's my problem with the Tennessee Titans. But we'll see what happens. Travis Crow says – Titans need to be petty and wear the Oilers uniforms when they play in Houston. I a thousand percent agree. Uh, they actually plan on doing that. I know uh, I don't know too many people know that or not, but uh, the, the Titans plan on wearing those Oilers uniforms next season. Um, when will they be wearing them? I do not know, but most likely it will be a home game. I'm pretty sure it will be a home game for them when they wear those. Uh, but I would love to for the Titans to wear that against the Texans. And Dominique Powell also says, I know you was worried at first, X, but y'all bounced back. You're not wrong. The only reason why – well, the main reason why I was worried is because Malik Willis, um, he looked okay. He didn't He didn't look amazing. He didn't look great. I understand it is his first NFL career start. I'm not about to take any of that away from him. Um, but – so I have only 70, 76 total passing yards. Um, of course, uh, we already knew going to the game it was going to be run, 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 run. But I just need to see more from Malik Willis. I need I need to see more from him. I'm, I'm, if he does get more starts in this season due to Tannehill being hurt, um, I hope we can see more. But right now-ish, I just got to see more to evaluate. All right, Commanders versus Colts. Ish, I don't know about you, but this is uh not too sexy of a game. I don't know. I think too nope. many people really want to talk. I didn't even about watch it. it. Don't even care about uh, it. <laughs> Commanders obviously, of course, won this game by a point. Um, the main, I guess, the main talking point that came out of this was uh, the Colts did uh, relieve the their offensive coordinator of his duties. Um, so I mean, I guess that's, I guess they're starting to put the blame on somebody in regards of why. The Colts are just not looking the way that they probably should look this season. So they're trying to get rid of somebody to maybe make a shakeup of things within the organization. Uh, Ish, will that help the Colts in the second half of the season? Um, To be honest, I don't know, and I don't really care because I don't know about these Colts. I don't know what they, I don't know what they got. I don't know their mentality. I don't know anything about this team right now. Um, they're so far – away from what we expected them to be that shoot who knows spoken like a true sportsman that knows about this game i respect it all right 49ers versus the rams and like i talked about this game on sunday i didn't understand why this game was considered an even game because the 49ers definitely took care of business against the rams uh, I picked the Rams to win this game, and of course, as always, hindsight is twenty twenty. And uh, this was a very bad pick from myself. Ish, I'll let you take this one first. Um, 
Yeah. Here go another game of people playing a boogeyman and losing because um, everybody knows the history between these two teams. And, yeah, the 49ers just have – Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers just have Sean McVay and the Rams' number at this point. Like, they just can't beat them. They don't know how to do it. They, it's hard for them to figure it out. Um, and the one takeaway I really have from this game, if I'm just being honest, be honest, we kind of talked about it before. And while it sounds good and everybody's laughing and giggling right now, oh, Christian McCaffrey, first player with the trifecta, the trifecta. I said it and I warned, I warned everyone when they first made the trade. Uh oh, don't say it. Kyle Shanahan gonna try to get too cute. He's uh -oh. gonna start overthinking this nonsense. Uh -oh. He's gonna be doing all sorts of weird gadget plays. And sure uh -oh. enough, I mean they it only took two only weeks, took him two weeks two, before two games, he was yeah. like, Hey man, we're gonna have this guy throwing the ball. Passing the ball too, yeah. And, and, hey, hey, he came he came in the first practice, like uh, Kyle, Kyle Shanahan said. Hey, you can throw the ball too, right? Yeah, I mean, oh, we yeah. got four sets of plays like already we, ready for you. Joking about it, but the thing is, it's cool and all in a win. But let this man end up throwing an interception. interception. We saw yeah, that with like, Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper did that on in the Browns game. Like I'm just saying, like, dude, it's it's cute right now, but that's not how you win. That's not how you win a championship, right? Like the gadget nonsense that he's doing is not how you win a, a championship. Like you need to make sure that the offense is running on all cylinders in the regular packages before you start doing all this creative nonsense. And that's the one concern I have for the 49ers moving forward. Are they going to be this new gimmick team? Basically, is this the reinvention of the damn Wildcat where, you know, the Dolphins brought out the Wildcat and then everybody was like, oh, the Wildcat. And, it became this like running joke the rest of the season. Um, is this going to be a re repeat of that where they just going to start doing all sorts of weird stuff with Christian McCaffrey? I don't know, but that's my concern right now is just that I think that, yeah, they won the game, but I don't know how far they make it if they keep it up with just all the gadgets and knickknacks and moving players here and there and everywhere. Don't forget about the knickknack and the paddy wax. Mm -hmm. Give the dog a bones. I mean, don't, you can't forget about those though. Now, on a, on a serious note, though, um, you're you're right um, in regards of how they were going to use um, McCaffrey. But um, the main factor, of course, besides being cute with everything, is is um, his health. Is is he going to obviously stay healthy for the rest of the season so he can be utilized in the postseason? We still that you know we still haven't been able to really see McCaffrey shine in the postseason. Uh, so let's let's see if we can actually get him there to be able to uh, put on a show. For the Niners, uh, Travis Crow says they really caught that Super Bowl hangover, hangover when it comes to the Los Angeles Rams. And Dominique Powell says, "Come on, Ish, I thought it was brilliant because uh, everyone thought C Mac was running. I mean, it was, that's the point of the fake, you know, run pass, right? It's supposed to fake the run. Come on, Dominique. Come on, Dominique. Go to the get over there. Uh, the Giants and the Seahawks. Ish, this is your team, of course. The G Men, Danny Dimes. Oh." Pass the mic over to you, sir. Yeah, they just ran into a good team. Um, 
they still have injuries and things of that nature. You know, I'm not going to make excuses. I think this is by far the worst game that Danny has played since Brian Dable has taken over. Mm-hmm. Um, Are we reverting back to old ways? It could be. A, uh, I, I'm going to give it a little bit more time. I don't want to overreact from one game and say that he's reverting back to old ways, but um, there are definitely some things that he needs to clean up in there. Um, some decision-making problems that I saw in the game. Uh, you know, Seattle, Seattle has been a breath of fresh air. Seattle has been really good. Geno Smith has been really good. I'm excited to see what Seattle continues to do. I mean, they're leading the division right now, which I don't think anyone in their right mind thought that was going to happen before the season started. And, um, I, I think they can win the division if I'm being honest. Um, So I'm excited to see where Seattle continues to go for, the Giants, I think that you lost this game, but I'm looking to see how you respond in your next game because that's going to tell us a lot about you and whether you are a pretender or if you actually are truly a contender. Um, so we're going to have to wait and see. But, um, yeah, this by far was the worst the worst game Danny has played since Brian Dable took over. Yeah, I mean, I'll be completely honest with you. Let's, let's... – be real. The story of this game was Geno Smith and Geno Smith continued uh, great play uh, for, for so far the first half of the season. Uh, I mean, we've talked about for the last couple of weeks, Geno Smith winning comeback player of the year, right? I think it's seriously time to start putting Geno Smith in the MVP mix. Yeah. Call me crazy. Yeah. Call me crazy. Go look at the numbers. Passer rating 107 at the moment. 11 touchdowns, three interceptions, 1,700 yards pass. I mean, Geno Smith is balling. I know it sounds crazy, but I will be the first to say it. I will be the first to say it. I want to put Geno Smith in the MVP in an MVP mix because, like you said, Ish, who expected Seattle Seahawks at the at the middle midpoint of the NFL season to be first place in the division? Nobody. Even Seattle, even Seattle fans probably wouldn't even expect that. So. With that being said, great job by everybody there, offense side of the ball, defense side of the ball, and, of course, coaching staff and, of course, organization for putting those pieces for Pete Carroll to continue to keep on moving. Now, I will say one thing because I want to say there were shots thrown, but there were some quotes thrown out there uh, from Tyler Lockett when he spoke about because we know how media likes to use certain quotes. He says, it's amazing what a team can do when, when there's no ego involved. All right. Uh, again, I don't know who he's talking about. I'm just putting that quote out there. And for them to come together as a team and play for one another, it's like watching the young Seattle team when Pete Carroll first got there. It's really like what it looks like. It looks like a young LOB, looks like a young, young Russell Wilson. And maybe the Seahawks can – Make a run at it, the NFC. I did say earlier, the NFC is wide open. So why not? All right, let's go ahead and wrap this up quickly. The Packers and Bills, uh, this game pretty much went the way that Aaron Rodgers expected it to go. Lost by 10 points. Now, if you did, of course, take the points. Hey, you want you some money, but, you know, 10 and a half. Ooh, that's a, that's a doozy right there. Ish, any, any comments for this game? Um, nothing really to say here. We all thought that the Packers were going to go in there and get – Beat and they went in and got beat. Yeah, I mean, 
Again, ain't really much too much to say. We know who the Bills are. Uh, I think we're starting to get to know who this year Packers are. I don't mm-hmm. think it's too much. Uh, no much to say about I, that. I don't think the Packers. I think the Packers are at a point where they're too deep in a hole in the NFC North to try to catch up to the Vikings. Like, ah, it's just it's not in the cars this season. So maybe next year, Aaron. Look at the bright side. At least you get an early vacation. You got to worry about losing an AFC championship game, you know, anymore. So it's a win, Aaron. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monday Night Football, of course, the Halloween edition. Uh, the Bengals took on the Browns, and the Browns uh, seems as though they still have Joe Burrow's number. They are 4-0 and against Joe Burrow, um, playing against him as a starting quarterback. And the Browns win this game pretty decisively-ish. Um, I just don't know about the these two teams. Just are I'm gonna just chalk this up to it being a divisional game. And I felt the exact same way. Game, I felt the exact know, same way because I know I definitely picked the Bengals, and I just ugh, the Browns just yeah the Browns just I, I mean hand. I don't know who they are. I don't know who they are. I I, I don't. I agree. No. It's hard to know who they are because every week it's so so erratic. Like you just don't know what you're getting from them. Um, you don't know what Browns team is going to show up. You don't know if they're going to be able to score points that week. So, to me, I just don't know. The Bengals, same thing. Like, th- I just don't know what to expect from these two teams. I'm again. I'm gonna chalk it up to it was a divisional game. Yeah, thousand percent agree. That's I picked the Bengals. And obviously, they let me uh, down. Uh, peace out to Travis. Of course, his probably past his bedtime and he has to get ready for work. So we appreciate you for always tuning in to the show. We will see you on Sunday. And before we wrap up this show for tonight, of course, we will have to talk about the trade deadline and some of these major trades that went down. Uh, a lot of action moved uh, going around. Some trades a little bit more impactful for this year. Some trades maybe uh, impactful leave work now be a hey, respect that on, hey, on be that safe, grind be safe, always yeah. be safe um, on the way home there's some trades that may be impactful for next season right uh and of course in, in the first the first trade I'll talk about is Calvin Ridley to the Jaguars uh even though he is still suspended for his uh unfortunate bet place bet or whatnot um yeah nonsense. you know he's he's out still for that but once he returns It'll be a Jacksonville Jaguar. Um, seems as though that they're trying to give Sunshine as many pieces as he possibly can. Uh, this is another pretty good piece. Does he need another receiver? It, well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, does it really make the offense or does it make the team as a whole like that much better? I mean, and it's not just this year. I'm talking about for next year. Like, we, they still have more and more holes that they need to fill besides wide receiver group. But. One thing about the Jacksonville Jaguars, I mean, they've they spent a lot of money in the, in the offseason, of course. We've seen how that's translating. It's, it's not translating at all right now. Um, and we don't I don't know what direction they want to go. I mean, yes, they do have a better coach, Doug Peterson, but they still the same old Jags are two and six at the moment. And what's what's the plan for moving forward ish? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't. I was perplexed because I don't know that he needs another wide receiver at this moment, but okay, sure, whatever. Yeah, I, I feel the exact same way. Now let's move on to a team that 
Probably need some wide receiver help, but they are also uh, having a fire sale and letting everybody else move along to other teams. And Chase Claypool comes to the Bears to help out Justin Fields. But yes, let's be real. Chase Claypool is not that big of a splash that's going to come into mm-hmm. the Bears and just change up the hell off uh, offense in general. No, he's not the kind of receiver they need. I mean, to me, it's a similar situation in Baltimore where you don't have a true number one and then you. You went out, you got a guy that, like, he's not a world beater. He's a guy that he's decent. He's going to run some good routes for you, maybe get a couple catches, but he's not the kind of playmaker that you really needed on this Bears team. Um, So I'm confused, same as the first one, and I'm interested to see how this works out. Especially because before the bye, y'all weren't when it really just yeah, I really didn't want to throw the ball with Justin Fields. I know that they've kind of done some different things since the bye, and he's looked a lot better. But Chase Claypool, I don't know that this is a good investment, especially because it's not like you're really a true contender to make the playoffs. So why give up draft capital to go get a guy? That really, you could probably go draft you somebody, regular, or, or you could have got him in free agency. Yeah, or free agent. I mean, I don't know. No, I, I agree. I it's but it's the Bears. I mean, the Bears that that upper management group just does not seem like they are on the same page with the guys that are on the field. So, uh, of course, another news for the Bears. The Bears also, of course, traded away one of their top tier linebackers, Rokon Smith, to the Ravens. Which and, with uh, this trade, you're like, it makes, why? It makes, yeah, I know, I know, it makes no sense. So, you know, again, they're like I said earlier, they're having a fire sale, but even with the piece that you brought in, is kind of a part of a fire because he doesn't really do it. I mean, it's not like he's going to make that much of an impactful noise on the team. And if I'm Justin Fields, I think I might want to get out before the whole the whole house collapses on me. Yes. All right, let's go ahead and move on to William Jackson the third being traded to the Steelers. Um, he's battled some injuries lately, and there were some there were some jokes and some talks on social media in regards of maybe he was not playing well for the commanders on purpose so he can get moved. And maybe all of a sudden, once he becomes a Steeler, who knows? Maybe he just might know how to play football at a high level once again. Uh, what do you make of this trade ish? Um, well, if you were trying to get moved, I don't know that you necessarily want to move to the Steelers. Well, Steelers yeah, maybe, well, maybe it's not, not for this good. season. Maybe it's for next season. Maybe they get everybody. I, mean, I guess it's for next yeah. season because Steelers not very good this season. Um, so I don't know if this was what was holding them back. So, I mean, I don't know that corner play is what was holding the back. So that's where I'm a little confused about this one. I mean, it's a good get. He's a good guy to have on the team if he plays well. But at the same time, I just feel like there's so many other things you should be focusing on at the moment if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't know that we necessarily need to go out and get him right now. But All right, now let's talk about some teams that actually made some uh... – some being able to make some trades that allow them to maybe make a second half run to also 
maybe make a Super Bowl run as well. We'll start off with the Dolphins. They make a trade for Bradley Chubb and also Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson, another Niner off of the Niner tree with Mike McDaniel, comes down to Miami uh, to help with that running back group. And then, of course, Bradley Chubb. I mean, for him to be able to come and help with the pass rush over there, that's amazing. And it seems as though also they want to make sure they're able to get down that boogeyman, Josh Allen. So they need some more pass rushing help. Um, Ish, with this, with these trades, um, does this make the Dolphins that much? Is, I mean, sorry, does it does it make the league take the Dolphins that much more seriously? Um, I think people were already taking them seriously. Um, I think this just kind of solidifies them as. Ready to ready to make that run, ready to really compete uh, with the Bills, and to be honest, they're the clear cut winners of deadline day this year. They're the clear cut winners of the trade deadline. Um, they went out, they made, they upgraded themselves. Um, Bradley Chubb is a big upgrade, a big win for them, and Jeff Wilson is going to help only bring more speed um, mm-hmm. to that offense. That you know plenty of people probably thought couldn't get any faster. Right. So um, it's going to be, it's going to be hell to face this team come playoffs on. Thousand agree. Let's go ahead and move on to the Buffalo bills. They make a move for Naeem Hines from the Colts ish. Yeah, I think this was a decent pickup, but I'm not too excited about it. I mean, he brings a little bit something different than Devin Singletary, but at the same time, He's kind of just like, I don't know. He's he's average to me, and there's nothing wrong with him being average, but I don't think it's that world beater that you thought you were getting. Um, I I looked at this as the Bills were trying to do, or I should say, they kind of. I think they kind of lost the suit, the sweepstakes, on trying to get Christian McCaffrey, on trying to get yeah, Alvin Kamara, because. It they also could have gotten Kareem Hunt too. Kareem Hunt have. is available no, you're, too. You're percent correct. You're, 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 we're right, but let's be real. I think a lot of people are still looking at Kareem Hunt. You know, in conscious matter. That just, I, I kind of see that because he was saying he's trying to, he wanted to get out. And you mean they don't want, um, they don't want him kicking anybody in hey, at the team hotel? Might, might not. But with the Bills, it seems though they've been looking for a running back since before the season started, right? Yes. And it seems as though that they wanted that one more running back piece to finish off the Affinity Stone gauntlet to yeah. make an, an amazing offense for the Bills. So you missed out on McCaffrey, you missed out on Camaro, you missed out on Kareem Hunt, and you kind of settle with Hines. Hines isn't a bad running back, but he's not like he's not that, great. That, that world beater, that great running back that you might need to be able to push you to the next level on that offense. I think he's a good, you know, good fill in, another replacement running back, but I don't think it takes the Bills to another level. All right, let's go ahead and wrap it up with TJ Hawkinson to the Vikings. I know this isn't a sexy trade, but this is, I think, probably the most interesting trade out of all of them. I mean, the Lions trade one of their better offensive pieces, not just to a team, but a division rival. And the lead, the lead, the division rival that's leading the division at the moment as well. Um, is what do you make of this trade? Because I was a little dumbfounded on this one. Yeah, Earth Smith is out for an extended period of time, so the Vikings. 
Yeah, so the Vikings really needed to replace him. And uh, I was just surprised that, you know, they were able to find that replacement in the division because, you know, typically you don't see those kind of moves happen. So that was very interesting. And I'll be interested to see how it works um, moving forward and what that dynamic is like because, yeah, in the division is a really odd situation for a trade, not necessarily like free agent signing or something, but for a trade, that's just it's really weird. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I think it's it's a it's a great plug and play guy, and I wouldn't say he's better than Irv Smith, but I mean DJ. I mean he's DJ Hawkinson's nice. There's some there's some people that will definitely classify him as a top ten tight end. And might not classify Irv Smith as a top ten tight end. So if sure. anything, you might have low key kind of upgraded at that position. And when Irv Smith comes back, who knows? Maybe you could play that two tight end, that two tight end. Um, um, of course, a formation. You run a lot of twelve packages to allow you to create so many more mismatches for Kirk Cousins in that offense. So I I think that was a great pickup for the Vikings. Now before we get up out of here tonight, ish. Who won the trade deadline? Who lost the trade deadline? Hot fire. Let me know. Um, Dolphins definitely won the trade deadline. Um, and who lost the trade deadline? The Houston Texans. This was the opportunity for the Houston Texans to move Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks. Um, they could have got something for him in return at, at a better price, I think, right now because there are teams who desperately need that kind of help and we're probably going to pay a little bit more to get that kind of help right now during the season rather than, you know, make a trade during the off season or something. And um, yeah, yet again, the Texans dropped the ball on that one. I think he, he even tweeted out something about, you know, how he he's been quiet and, you know, now he, yep. he can't let it slide. So, yeah. Yeah. He's, um, it, it seems as though he's, uh, not happy in Houston, but who, who is he? Played for the Texans, right? Um, exactly. Lee says Packers and Texans yep. lost for yeah, because sure. Packers should have made some moves and they didn't um, make any moves. I, I will say not to copy you, of course. I think the, the clear cut, yes, runner is the Dolphins, but besides the Dolphins, I'll throw out there the Ravens, uh, being able to pick up some more defensive help, especially a linebacker, especially giving up multiple 10 point leads throughout the season. Any type of defensive help will help tremendously for them and the other loser besides the Packers and the, and the Texans will be the Tennessee Titans. They love to not make a move period in, in years past. And that shows them that, and, and and history has shown them that even if you have a good team, you still can't advance to where you need to advance within the playoffs. And that was with not making a trade to help your team and get better. This, this team is it's good, but it doesn't compete with the rest of the teams in AFC. Like I said earlier in the show, so you need to go and maybe get an inter an inter division rival p- player like a Brandon Cooks to help you on a wide at least as wide receiver help or or just help in general in the team to maybe make yourself better. Now there there's some talks out there that maybe they're the Tennessee Titans are getting ready to let go of Taylor Luan next season, maybe even let go Ryan Tannehill to be able to clear up a lot of space. Uh, for for be able to pick up a free agent in the offseason and then, of course, build even more within the draft. But we'll see, of course, what happens with that, and we'll go from there. But for right now, 
Packers, Texans, Titans, uh, losers, uh, Dolphins, Ravens, maybe even the Vikings, winners for trade deadline. So with that being said, another episode of X Talking Ish in the books for week eight of the 2022-2023 season. We'll see you once again on Sunday for our week nine preview show. Uh, Ish, thank you once again for joining us. And, of course, family for tuning in, family and friends. Thank you all for tuning in. As always, we will talk to you all on Sunday. And, then of course, recap that on Tuesday here at X Talking Ish. We'll see you all next time. Thank you very much. Peace.